Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to tournament poker strategy. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Fezbuddy and Killingbird. Hey everybody, welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Killing Bird here, joined as always by Ron Fez, buddy. Hello, sir. I feel like the opening act here. Like, <laughs> like, do we people even are people even going to listen to this or just fast forward to when Casey gets on? <laughs> yeah, we are definitely the opening act, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and we don't get the full light show or anything. No, We're like no. stuck at the very front of the stage. Yeah, they haven't even set up like the drums right yet. They're <laughs> right. They're still working on on the set while we're uh, <laughs> we're here. It's okay. When we went uh, when, yeah. when we win the Sunday Million twice in a row, you know, assuming poker gets legalized, Poker Stars yeah. comes back, and then one of us ships it twice in a row. <laughs> we'll be the stars of. TV. That's right. We'll, we'll let him have his moment in, <laughs> in the sun just this once. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. It's been uh, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. Obviously, sure has. Yes. Um. You know, we'll. Uh, We'll get into it with Casey here in a little bit, but it was, uh, yeah, so for people tuning in who somehow don't know this, uh, Casey Jarzbeck, uh, Big Dog Pocket Fives, will be our guest today, and uh, and yeah, he shipped the Sunday Million back-to-back, well, chopped the Sunday Million back-to-back weekend. In addition to winning the 1K right before that, the Stars 1K. Yeah, which is, yeah, which is sick. Right. So it's been a ridiculous run for him, um, and it's been pretty crazy over at TPE, um, both, you know, setting up interviews and stuff for him and, and working with him and, and managing the site with, uh, with all the people who've come to ch- check out the news stories and stuff. Right. Ridiculous. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, cr- a crazy couple of weeks and, you know, a lot of hours spent working on things and stuff, but like all in a good way. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll take 18 more weeks like that. Yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, just, just being witness to that sort of stuff firsthand and talking to the guy who's doing it it's been pretty fun yeah. so it's been enjoyable yeah and it was it, it was really cool too because casey and i hang out and, and chat on skype and we'll like talk sports and we you know just kind of hang out and keep each other company sometimes while we grind and you'll give him poker advice uh, right yeah exactly <laughs> he comes to me for that all the time God, i wish he i wish he'd leave me alone um, maybe now that he won the sunday million he'll get some coaching or something he won't bother me yeah exactly <laughs> um but it was just yeah so it was just really cool just to kind of see because you know, every you know every hour or whatever i'd be like oh how's the uh how's the million going casey he'd be like i'm up to 40k yeah and, you know, and then an hour later i'm like how's the million oh i got 75k it's it, 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 it almost seemed like deja vu the second time around, you know, because I was just like, are we really going to do this again? Yeah, rid- ridiculous. <laughs> um, but it was fun, and, and it, we, you know, we had our own little like mini celebration at the end, and had had a couple of drinks and yeah. stuff like that. So it was it was really cool, and it's been fun, and it's cool to see Casey back on the grind. Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll make sure to ask him about it, but. Um, for those of you who weren't following um, Casey recently, he, he he took some time off and uh, he had his son. He's been you know low volume for a couple months, and New Year's uh, was his uh, re-entry back into the MTT world. Um, and he certainly reintroduced himself uh, with a bang, right? Yeah, big time. Yeah. Jeez, cool. How, how are your uh, how's it going for you? Your tournaments and stuff. You, I see you've been uh, making a lot of final tables lately. Yeah, it's been good. I I, I had. I, I'm sure I've said this before in the past, um, but 
with the new year and New Year's resolutions and all that stuff, I committed to put to getting back on the uh, the online MTT grind, and I've done a pretty good job of it. I've played a ton and uh, had some nice wins and some nice final tables. Nice. And uh, yeah, it's going really good. I'm in, I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah, yeah, I am uh, too. It's been fun. Um, I've been running pretty good lately, so I've been making a bunch of final tables myself, and um, I've been playing the uh, the 109s, the high rollers, and I back to back the 109. So you know, Casey back to back the Sunday Million. <laughs> But you know, it's funny. I back to back the 109, the nightly 109 on on unlock. Um, yeah. And uh, and and I tweeted about it. I was like, "Who's big dog? Back to back final <laughs> tables right here, buddy." You know. Um, and he shows up. He shows up at my table. <laughs> He's like, "What?" Oh, that's Who tweeted that? <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, yeah. So oh. that's been funny. Um, yeah. I uh, I made the high roller final table a couple times. I have a hand from from that tournament that i want to check with casey i'm i'm pretty sure i made a mistake um i'm annoyed at myself and i regret it but um it's always good to just get your beating um when you make a bad hand when you when you make look everyone makes mistakes in tournaments we all no matter who you are um even i'm sure big dog um, will admit to to making a mistake here and there um and so the only way you're going to improve is if you examine those mistake hands um, right. And the situation was a non-standard situation um, that I that I, brought, I bring here um, because it's a mitigating factor. It's it's a, it's an ICM decision. It's a it's an extremely short stack at the table, and I have a decision with uh, thirteen bigs if I should get it in or not. Um, and I think I probably was a little too tight. Um, I'm pretty sure of it because afterwards um, I regret it. Looking at the pay jumps, it wasn't that big of a pay jump, but um, I want to just get the line check. From uh, from the expert, from the pro. Yep, he's a good one to ask. Yeah, he knows a few things about poker. Yeah, so you know, <laughs> so I'd I'd rather just I want to bring the hand to him, see what he says. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll beat me up, but it's okay. I'll uh, cool. I'll I'll learn for the next time. Um, but aside from that, um, feeling really good about my game. Um, I think I've uh, I've definitely um, you know, shored up some leaks. Um, Ryan, uh, was it uh. Ryan TFL, what is he? Plus, uh, what is he? Tilted EV. I was going to say plus EV, but that made no sense. Uh, <laughs> Tilted EV, right, obviously. Tilted EV from the, from the forums. Um, you know, was like, hey, it seems like you're doing pretty well lately. What, what, what have you done? Uh, and I and I basically said, I, uh, you know, I, I feel like there were a lot of leaks in my game post Black Friday that we talked about improving um, behind the curve a little bit and uh, and just putting in the work and um, been watching a lot of videos and and talking poker with you guys. Um, and bringing hands that are, are where you either know you made a mistake or were difficult. Um, it's definitely done wonders for my game. So I, I'm seeing some results. I know you are too. So, um, you know, it's good uh, good progress for both of us in that, yeah. that regard. Yep. Practice, practice, practice. Practice, practice, nothing like, practice. Nothing, nothing like playing. So yeah, exactly. Just got to get, get on the horse and grind. Yep, yep. And I'm excited to hear Casey, uh, you know, jump into this next segment and hear Casey talk about, um, you know, both – doing it, and then the ride afterwards, because he got a lot of attention after. Um, so it's yeah. interesting to hear about that, too. Definitely. Yeah, so, yeah, enough about the opening act. Yeah. I guess we should get, uh, we should get the big dog All in right. there. So, uh, play our song and move on, right? That's it? That's right. That's right. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, th- we'll take a break, and we'll, uh, we'll get the, the champion himself, Big Dog Pocket Fives, in here right after the break on the tournament. Po- <laughs> what? On the tournament Poker Edge the, the, podcast. The, 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 the what? On the Tournament Poker Ends Podcast. Sucker love is heaven sent you. Pucker up 
Welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge Podcast. The time has arrived to bring in Casey Big Dog Pocket Fives Jarzebek. What's up, man? What up? I feel like we need some trumpets, a little bit of royalty <laughs> music. Like a red carpet layout? A red carpet. I don't know. Some, some, some attendance for you. I gotta, I gotta be honest, I feel like we need some of that shit, too. <laughs> You've been saying that since we started TPE. <laughs> But now, now he actually earned it. Recognize it. <laughs> now I recognize it. Well, Casey, first off, I'd like to thank you to get back for getting back into poker. <laughs> it's been yeah. a good week. <laughs> yeah, can't complain. Uh, well, yeah, no. So all, all joking aside, congrats on the amazing uh, two and a half weeks. It's phenomenal, man. It's been fun to watch. Just celebrating with you has been fun too. So congratulations. Hey, man, I really appreciate it. Couldn't do it without the support. Ah, psych! I probably could. <laughs> <laughs> but the question is, what are you going to do to top it? I don't know. Like maybe like win Player of the Year in the WSOP or something. I don't know. It's, it's not going to be easy to top. I'll tell you that much. Casey, true or false? The TPE podcast strategy sessions are really the things that put you over the top. Uh, true. Like uh, speaking with you and Derek, I just really, really get a feel for how the fish think. <laughs> Wait till I wait till I show you my hand from later on. <laughs> yes, another Sunday million win coming. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's been uh, obviously fun celebrating with you the uh, the, the accomplishments, and um, I really enjoyed the media you've been doing. Can you know, we can get into the the whole the whole uh, you know, we'll talk about the the tournaments themselves and and what went down at the end. But um, how have you enjoyed sort of the attention and just how has it been to adapting to that i know you've gotten interviews before and and whatnot but you know you're on the two plus two poker cast which for derek and i is like the the mecca of of poker cast right so just can how's that been getting that that sort of press and publicity i mean i, I i'm very comfortable with the media and podcasts and interviews and stuff like that it's something i enjoy doing mind you when i you know this after the second uh sunday million um, everybody wanted a piece right away. So it was like, all right, at two o'clock, I got to do this. And at four o'clock, yeah. I got to do this. And then I got to do this. And so yeah. it, it got, you know, I had a few busy days there, but uh, yeah, I, I enjoy doing the media and everything that comes with the success. It's, it's really cool. And obviously my name's getting out there because it's hard for me to sit at a table right now without somebody saying, wow, big dog, heck of a two weeks there and whatever yeah. it may be, you know, yeah. But yeah, it's the awesome. hardest part. Hardest part was probably trying to find time to make your videos because you every yeah. time you promise to do a video, you ship another tournament. It's like, yeah. shit, now I got to do three videos. Yeah, you know, all jokes aside, you know, um, I was grinding pretty hard. I played like at least you know ten of the last twelve days, and I'm doing this media, and I got to do these videos. So I just completed the one uh, K video with uh, Dip Throng. Um, that was my first win, so I'm gonna do them in order. And uh, that'll be going up this week, I believe. And I still need to do the other two, but I will get to them ASAP. Probably going to take, you know, three or four days off and chill here a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah as uh, as we speak, I'm rendering part one for the TPE audience. So this this podcast will go up before that goes up, uh, but not too long after. Probably the next day, even. Uh, after the podcast goes up, so it's it's on it's on its way. So you know what? I think that's a good segue. Let, let's let's get into uh, let's go in order. Let's go in chronological order and go through this uh, this this journey. Um, let's well, start. Let me just say one thing yeah. about the diphthong series. Yeah. Like everybody asked me, you know, how did you get good at poker and blah blah blah, and how I got good at poker is doing exactly what I just did with diphthong. 
That's how I that's how I learned how to play. You know, we, yeah. we him and me would like just hash over a hand here series real quick. So I think it's a great opportunity for people to see how I learned because it's exactly how I did it. And how did you meet Diphrong? How how about that? That's 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 something I've always wondered. How did you get to know him? Just from the tables, or did you well, know him I mean, in another way? At one point in a fifty-two week calendar year, um, me and Diphrong won the absolute poker TLB. I think forty-eight of the fifty-two weeks. <laughs> so you know we got we played thousands of sit and goes yeah. against each other forever. We hated each other for a while. Right. Right, you know sure. what I mean? And then yeah. somehow somebody said, yo, give me your Skype and let's, you know, let's chat and, you know, be friends or whatever. And then we did and I flew up to his house, right. you know, and I just, you know, we just kicked it right away. And like for like two or three years, it was like pretty much me and Diphthong. We didn't yeah. talk to many other poker players. We just honed our game together. I went up to his place quite often. Uh, we started caging MTTs together. So that's pretty much how I learned. And, you know, I just, I met him through the tables and. The rest is history. P- pretty That's sick cool. and, and awesome to, to, to go through this 1K win with him then. I'm sure it's pretty like comfortable, like an old shoe or something, just kind of going back. But, but looking his, forward, his, yeah. his focus in life is a little bit different than yeah, it was. Yeah, it is. Right, of course. <laughs> before, he was cons- show. <laughs> yeah. before he was consumed with poker, now he's just consumed with his bird game. So <laughs> it's For a definition, didn't he do definitions on his last, po- on his last podcast? Even he, right, does yeah, do yeah. Some, he does do some definitions in the hand history. He's like, oh, you got burgers here. He's like, <laughs> obviously everybody knows burgers as deuces. I'm like, I don't think everybody knew that burgers. <laughs> I would guess that less than 1% of the poker population knows that burgers is deuces. But I think, I think obviously everyone he knows knows that burgers is deuces. <laughs> and then he comes up with his new word every week, and he's like, oh, man, what a galactic charge. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm like so confused. Galactic is good, right? And he's like, no, man, it's awful. I'm like, what? Doesn't it sound like that should be good? Oh, my yeah. God, that was so galactic. And he's like, no, man, galactic trash, it's awful. I'm like, all right. You know, I, I, I think people are really going to enjoy that series. I, I told you before we started recording, I started rendering, and I was, I was going to cancel the, the podcast because I wanted to watch the rest of the series because <laughs> it's just entertaining. You guys talking together is just real fun. It, it's like uh, it, it's like you being on his, his podcast and talking poker. It's just really entertaining, which in his podcast is really entertaining to begin with. So uh, I, I, I think people are going to like it. It's fun, fun to listen to for sure. Yeah, I think it'll be a good series. I think it'll be good, well-received. It'll definitely be just a little bit different because it's not like hardcore to the max, like this is what you need to be doing every time. We kind of throw things back and forth where, yeah, I like that, but you can also do this. So it's like, right. it, it's good content. I think people really like the series. Cool. So so how did, let's let's talk about what happened prior to the, uh, just, just even registering to that. You, you know, I think for those of you who have heard you interview and, you know, on other podcasts uh, talk about it, you had taken some time off, um, birth to your son, um, it had been, you know, more of the priority, spending time with him, you know, and so for 2012, you know, last half of 2012, you really hadn't played much, right? No, somebody said that they looked my stats up on stars, and I, and this is secondhand, so I can't be sure, but before, you know, the last podcast I announced I was back, and before my big MTT session, my first one, um, I had only played six MTTs on stars since June. <laughs> wow. So, like, yeah, my volume was, like, pretty much non-existent. I took that time off, you know. Um, I recharged the batteries. Uh, apparently, it was a good choice because 
when I got back in it, you know, I, I accomplished, you know, one of the, the greatest things in my poker career, you yeah. know, with the, the three wins in the 10 day span or whatever the case may be. Right. Pretty awesome. Pretty nice ride to be on. But, but what do you attribute the fact that you were able to jump in right away so fast back into to success? I mean, you know, it's why it's considered, you know, it's, it's pretty much accepted that, that the, uh, the, the game moves fast, it's always evolving and progressing, and, you know, you got to keep up with the trends and how people are playing. Um, six months in online poker is, a, is just such a long time to be away, yet you picked right back up without any problem. And I know that you're not one to really, you know, just do what everyone else is doing just because they're doing it, and you're more of a game flow and a dynamics type of player. Maybe, maybe that's timeless. Maybe that's, that's less... Um, you know, I think what trend. it is is I'm pretty much just a huge idiot savant. Like yeah. my IQ is like four, but when it comes to poker, I, 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 I you know, you drop right. seventy-two toothpicks, and I'll tell you how many are on the floor. You know, like right. I, I was saying, I was saying to like I was talking to Tim afterwards, uh, T Twist, and I'm like, I just feel like I'm in the zone. I know what somebody has every single time. Right. I know where I am in the head. Mind you, I ran really good in those stars tourneys, like in the Sunday Millions. I, sure. I, I got it in in a couple really rough spots and ended up getting home. Or one key flips or whatever the case may be. But there's also a ton of hands where like there was this one hand in the in the one K I did with um Diphthong, uh and I just did the series yesterday, so I know this is pretty fresh, but um I had five seven offsuit and I ended up three betting and I four barreled when the board ran out ace king queen <laughs> jack six or something. And I four barreled and I got the guy to fold. There was a wow. huge pot at the time. You right. know? So, like, I, I was just picking really good spots to do really crazy yeah. things, and and they were working. You just kind of know where you're at, where you're at. You know, especially since you're not using a HUD, you're not a you know, you're not a numbers based guy. You're not relying on 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 defining ranges in terms of numbers. It's more about the way they're playing and and how you're observing them play. And that that like I was saying, I think that's kind of timeless stuff. I think that's a, a talent. Not necessarily and a skill, but it's it's a talent, it's an innate talent, and you described it as the idiot savant. I say it's a talent, but I think we're kind of talking about the same thing. <laughs> well, I, I remember really, talking. Just so this is clear, I don't really think I'm an idiot. No, no. <laughs> I think we know that. <laughs> but yeah, I remember um, talking. That's about... just kind of the way it went for me. So yeah, sweet. I, I don't know how to explain it, but uh, pretty much, you know, even at the beginning of 2012, I was on a downswing. Right. Um, so when I jumped back in here, I kind of jumped back into my 2010, 2011 ways when I just seemed to be crushing. Right. That's awesome. Hopefully, yeah, I remember, hopefully Casey, it keeps going. I remember one night talking to you and you said that, I think your words were, I just see everything so clearly right now. Like, I feel like I, I see everything that's happening at every table. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just the way it feels right now. I'm just like, you know, I'll be like in my head, I'll be like, look at this guy trying to fuck with me with complete yeah. hair. And then I'll like call down with ace high and be right. It's so funny when you're confident and you and you're like you just see that right. Like you just the confidence to to continue on with that the feeling that you have and and know that you you know trust it is right. is a big confidence thing. It's just so yeah, important. And I mean, it's not like I was just being a station the whole time. Like right. even in that hand history yesterday, I folded aces. You know, like right. I, I was playing good and I just you know when I felt like I was a beat, I folded. And when I felt like he could be on air, I just called down. You know, like right. Now, did you jump right into like a regular schedule? Like you started back up on the first of the year, right? With first and second of the year. I didn't. I, I mean, I jumped back in and I started an MTT session and I didn't have much success. Right. Uh, I think I had, you know, a couple min caches. 
And then that was my first session. And then it was Tuesday, and Mark Aliato was, like, begging me to play the 1K. He's like, just fire it up, fire it up. So I one-tabled it. I started, I right. started the 1K. I'm like, you know what? If PCA is going on, if the 1K is ever going to be soft, right. today's the day. But it was a surprisingly big field anyways. It was 500 runners. And, wow. uh, and I won it. And that gave me, you know, a little bit of spark that I needed. Yeah. I put in a huge session, you know, three days later for the Sunday session. Big Sunday million. <laughs> Kept going. Uh, played the next Sunday final table, the 200 turbo. Got fourth in the 100 rebuy and chopped the Sunday million again. So Wow. So let's, um, that, let's talk about that 1K a little bit. So, you know, the thing about the 1K and, and what a lot of people are really – the buzz around this is not just the back-to-back Sunday Millions, but also the fact that you won the 1K in the same week. You're really going from the spectrum of skill level, right? I mean, and and just, you know, the toughest tournament on the Internet probably. Would you agree? Uh, I mean, field-wise, yeah, it's, pr- it's yeah. pretty tough. Right, for the, for the toughest field to, to the softest field, yet it's the biggest field, right? So you've got right. the, uh, really the complete opposite spectrum where almost everyone is good in the 1K, and, and it's a tough tournament to where most players are bad, but you've got to go through the minefield. Um, so it's just it, that's that's one of the things that I think a lot of people are, are amazed about. And so take us through the one K. I know you did the the, the um, I know you did the hand history with uh, with Dipthrong, but you know did you have I haven't been able to watch it because I just got the videos from you. Did you have a big stack early? Did you did you you know? No, like, I actually was, went was down to one? ten big blinds. I oh, was wow. one tabling and I played eight seven awful, and uh-huh. um, I get down to like twenty six twenty seven hundred. Chips and the big blinds, um, one sixty, uh-huh. and then uh, I don't play a hand for a while, and suddenly the big blinds two hundred, and I've I've got right. twenty two hundred in chips. But I just stayed really patient, found a couple hands in a matter of like fifteen hands. I went from twenty five hundred chips to like twenty k, and was one of the chip leaders. Wow! And then I just I never looked back um, until uh, you know probably around two tables left and I had 400,000 in chips which was a massive stack and I dusted the whole stack to some guy who had aces <laughs> and I was left with almost not like 60k uh-huh. and uh, then I quickly got it all back and went on to win the tournament cool and so then what was wow. the what was the heat like after that I mean uh, you know it's a big tournament but it's not you know I you know others have won it before someone wins it every week right and right. Um, it's usually a good player um, but it must have felt great, you know, to swing, you know, get right back into it and ship the, the 1K. Um, was there a lot of attention around that, or was it just kind of business as usual? Well, I, I, it's on? really hard to tell. The one thing I will tell you is um, after I, I won the first Sunday Million after the Super Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, so I had two two huge banks in like three or four right. days, um, that Wednesday was the Niagara Falls Poker Classic. Right. And when I showed up, everybody, like, I had, like, random yeah. people I didn't even, like, Casey, oh, my God, what a sick run, yeah. blah, blah. And, I, like, the big thing didn't even happen yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So people yeah. were really impressed with just the fact that, you know, I won the biggest weekly, toughest field tournament and the Sunday Million in the same week. You know, the right. biggest Sunday tournament, the biggest tournament during the week. Like, yeah. everybody was like, oh, man, that's so absurd. If anybody that, that's, was a story. Get... that's a story in itself, like we just talked about, the opposite right. to the spectrum is, is a big story, the fact you do that. And, and I can tell you just from, you know, looking at TPE's uh, data, um, you could definitely see a spike, and it was a, a substantial spike. Nothing like what we saw later, obviously, but, but I, I... You mean I, when I broke yeah. the site? 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's yeah, let's we'll get to that. So let's talk about the Sunday Million then. So, um, you know, it's a regular Sunday, um, but you said that you already final table some stuff even before you got to the Sunday Million, right? The Sunday yeah, million. I've I um I think I got like fifth or sixth in the two hundred turbo for like ten dimes, uh-huh. and I uh I got fourth in the late hundred rebuy right. on stars, or it might have been third. I can't remember fourth or third. Um, right. in the hundred rebuy in the same day as the second Sunday million. Right. Those tables are actually going on at the same time. Right. So yeah, I mean, all in all, I, I will tell you that that second Sunday I was running awful. <laughs> like I and I just stayed real patient. I didn't tilt like in the olden days. I would have just put my hand through a monitor and and been done <laughs> done with the Sunday. But I right. didn't tilt. I uh, I said to myself. I even said to KB. I go. KB, because me and KB talk sometimes during our Sunday grinds, you know. Yep. So we were talking, and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to stay patient. It only takes one tourney, blah, blah, blah. And then the Sunday million started going good, and 10 hours later, I had chopped it two weeks in a row. <laughs> and yeah. so you, prior to that, was the for the, the Sunday, that was that was obviously your first win in the Sunday million. Had you had any deep runs before in the Sunday million? I know you've crushed every other major sunday major before but what about the sunday million what was your history on that that was the one sunday tournament like every other one i've won or chopped like the warm-up the brawl the early hundred rebuy the sunday 500 uh the second chance the mulligan the 750k every single one i've won or chopped the one right. i hadn't was the sunday million um probably about two years ago i thought i was gonna win it I had I was like second in chips and one person had more chips than me. It was Johnny Lawden, and oh, really? uh, I flopped top set with tens, and he had ace king of clubs with a nut flush draw, and we got it in for all the chips. Oh wow! And he got there on me, and I think I ended up getting thirteenth or fourteenth or oh, something like wow. that. And wow. he went on to get second, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So that was my best finish in the Sunday Million before. Yeah. Um. So it was like obviously something I wanted to accomplish, but. I mean, to find a table an 8,000-player yeah. field, it, it's just not easy. It's the so, main event. It's yeah. the main event. Yeah. And, and how how was that final table? Was it, I mean, you, was it relatively easy final table? Where, you, where was everyone nervous, playing tight? That's the both Both Sunday final tables had a couple players. Like, yeah. I was really shocked. I'm, I'm like, wow, was it always like this on Sunday? Somebody yeah. really sick always makes it? Like, because there was a... There was a couple guys at both final tables where I'm like, this guy's really good. I think guy's... it does, honestly, Casey. I, I think you do see at most majors a couple of good players because there are so many bad players. Yeah, you know, like I, I, I kind of touched this on the on the 2 Plus 2 uh, podcast is when a good player gets chips in the Sunday Million, yeah. they can pretty much abuse people because – a lot of those people are weekend warriors all right. the way through the whole money. So exactly. some good player always accumulates a huge stack yep. in the Sunday million. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. I think I, I, every time I open up the Sunday million when it's deep, I, I think there's always someone good. It's 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 usually one or two good players, you know, max three out of you know twenty or whatever. But there are always recognizable names, and you're always like, wow, out of this huge field, there's someone recognizable. But, you know, you got to think, there's also a lot of recognizable players now. So you're just going to get, you know, uh, obviously there's way more, you know, weekend warriors. But to your point, 
um, someone is going to accumulate chips and be there. And it, every week it's usually someone different, except for the last two weeks, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, maybe I just don't know because, to be quite honest, I've never opened the Sunday pot, Sunday million final yeah. table just for the, you know, see who's there. Right. Like, I, uh, I, I don't get into that sort of thing. Right, right. No, there's usually – I mean, I just – and you always – recently there's been a couple of players who won it. I know Dan, Dan Smith won it, right? I mean, you know, there are a couple, been a couple of big names that have either finished first or second or, or won it. Um, and I think it's for the reasons that, that you stated. So, right. um, yeah, okay, so that's going to be a fun one to, to, to look at that hand history. Um, so, obviously, after shipping that, I mean, that, that was a huge deal, and you got it started getting a lot of attention. And, and so, you know, what happened there during that week, like, no one was talking to Pete because it really hadn't been done before, I think. Um, there may be – I'm not sure. Um, so it wasn't on everyone's minds, but I guess a lot of the chatter was around the, the 1K and the, the million, right? That was the narrative sort of – Yeah, I mean I wasn't thinking to yeah. Pete either. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I was on, I was on uh, Skype with KB, and he's just grinding lock, and I'm grinding stars. And uh, I, I randomly say to him, I'm like, uh, KB, I got 50K in the million – Another fourteen million in chips, and I'll be back to where I was last week. <laughs> Just jokingly, right? right? You know, like because right. I knew I chopped the week before with you know fourteen million in chips. And, uh, you know, we laughed about it, and then sure enough, suddenly I just started chipping up and chipping up and chipping up. <laughs> and so when did you start to – like when you started chipping up, when did you start to think to yourself, holy shit, this is – this could actually happen? Was it, you know – Five tables left, ten tables, three tables? Like, when did you start to feel that that history was being made? I mean, when I started getting in the zone, you know, and KB's like, let's crack a beer. (laughs) That's right, because we had had cracked a beer, like, really late in the session the week before, I think. And he's like, let's stay loose and crack a beer. And I'm like, okay. And I just felt like I was in the zone, you know, and... I don't know. I just uh, I I kind of felt like I was gonna do well in the second one because like when I'm knocking a guy out, I'm like get the fuck out of here, yeah. trying to make a play on the big dog, you know? Like <laughs> just know it. It's just flowing. You just know it's gonna. Yeah. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I know that I don't remember what the names were at the first table, but I know at the second table you had Murballs, um, which which we all knew was a good player. He played well. Um, was there was there anyone else that was at that table that you recognized, or was it mostly unknowns besides him? Uh, you know, there, the three tables kind of merge in my mind. Yeah, right. When I'm right. trying to think back of who was there. I know Mr. X What was at one table, and um, LF Magic was at a final table. And these are all really good players. Right. Um, there was also, uh, I want to say, Snake 4-4, four, four, I can't remember his name. He was uh, he was deep, and he's a really good player. Um, there was a couple other ones, like Sickos. Right, and, but I just can't remember what tournaments they were, or whatever. It all it's all kind of merged together at this point. Now, on both of them, you you chopped. Um, you guys came to a deal when it was was it four handed on both, or was it one was, was four handed and yeah. one was three handed. Now you touched upon this, I think, on the poker cast, um, but I think it's an interesting conversation. Um, why did you take chop this time? You know, aside from more balls in the second one, you probably had a huge edge on everyone else. I don't think you had the chip lead in either one, but what was the, you know, and I, I think we're seeing a lot of players are chopping more often today than they used to in the past. Is it just to reduce variance? I mean, lock up a big score. What, what's, what's going through your minds um, on I the chop? I don't chop? know because, like, 
I, I don't know. I don't know what's changed, if it's my son or what. I, like, I, I haven't really thought about it. But, like, I remember when I won my first huge F-tops for over a quarter million bucks. It was, like, 280K. Um, Stan Dog was at the final table. And um, a couple other, like, really, really, really absurdly good people was at the final table. And uh, they're like, let's chop. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not chopping, you know. <laughs> but in the Sunday Million, uh, they're like, you guys want to chop. And then in my mind, I come up with a number. And I'm like, yeah. if, I, if, if the numbers come back and I'll get this much, I'll do the chop. And both times they did. So I'm just like, don't ask me for a cent. But if you guys want to chop, I will. Yeah. Well, I also think in the Sunday Million, what, what kind of helps the, a chop happen is that since that you have to leave money on the table, you can still win close, you know, better than second place money if you end up winning the thing. So you right. still have something to play with, and your skill still has a little bit of a, 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 a you know, does come into play a little bit with that, that extra money on the table. I yeah, would I mean, say, yeah. right after both chops, my run good went south. <laughs> because after the first chop, I immediately got nines in the small blind and lost the ace queen in the big blind. And then after the second chop, I got it in for all the chips, like 55 of the 70 million in play, ace 10 to ace 6 and lost. Right. So maybe wow. I shouldn't yeah, I chop. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Now, now, now let me ask you this. What happened in the third one, man? What happened this Sunday? Why didn't you win it? <laughs> that one I got in ace 10 to ace 6. <laughs> well, you should have known better. I, I, I'm disappointed. Maybe we should get someone else on this podcast, Eric. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I am disappointed. I, I can go back to final tabling the uh, $100 40-manner on lock like you did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I did it back-to-back, -back, all right? Yeah, I did the Sunday Million back-to-back. -back. <laughs> mine, mine, mine said high roller. Yours did. <laughs> uh, You're not going to win this battle, Diego. No, I know. Uh, look, you know what? I'm not even listening to him. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm just happy that I'm playing poker right now and, and, and not losing money. <laughs> oh, that's great. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, you know, I, obviously, um, the, the, what's funny, you, you, talk, you talked about it a little bit earlier, but um, you did break the site. Um, so I'd like to thank you for keeping me up um, overnight the night you won the second time. Um, <laughs> it was uh, you, you, your your uh, your win pointed out some key deficiencies in our hosting plan, and uh, which we fixed. So thank you for that as well. Um, <laughs> it was uh, pretty pretty sick to, to to see that the traffic that came in that night. It Amazing. was funny because you jumped on Skype and you're like, "Oh my God, Casey's at the final table in a million again." And the site's suddenly down. Yeah. Could it be the traffic? Yeah. You know, and we weren't sure. Yeah. And then, you know, we got the news that it was the traffic on the site. And we're yeah. Like, oh, my God. Big yeah. I, I had originally attributed it to something else that we were doing during, during that Sunday afternoon that I thought had set had uh, had impacted the site. But what it really was was it showed it, the, the surge. I mean, and it was ridiculous. I'm not going to get into numbers, um, but the surge was ridiculous. Um in, in what we saw in traffic and we had to optimize some things that weren't optimized because, you know, we get good traffic on TP obviously, but not to the level that we saw. And there's, we never, there's no real test for that kind of stuff until it happens. Right. Um, Which is actually <laughs> probably know. good because now we're optimized yeah. out. And, you know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You don't know that, that you, you don't know, you can't really test that until you get, you know, so many people from around the world hitting you at one time. So now that we found that and we were able to fix it pretty quickly, it's everything's back on online. But we sure. do apologize to any TPE members that were locked out on that day because I yeah. had I had a couple people at the table saying, "Yeah, 
TP's down. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing. If you were in the Tournament Poker Edge chat, which I often am on a Sunday, yeah, you were able to stay in there. Yeah. But yeah. nobody else could join, so it was only like us 30 people or whatever that were in there. Yeah, we use a third-party plugin for that, and so once you're logged into that plugin, you're logged in. Um, right. If you had left and come back, you would have been out of luck. But once you're, you're into that, you're into that. It was just you know anyone trying to get in at that point was uh, was out of luck. So it was like it was like our own little secret society that day. Yeah. Nobody could get in. Nobody <laughs> could leave. It's a Roche Motel. <laughs> Roche <laughs> Motel chat. <laughs> and we were in there for a long time. So. Well, congrats, Casey. It's uh, it's it's fun. Uh, you know, I, I also have to say it's fun that you did it because um, enjoying the the press you're getting, um, your interview with Two Plus Two is awesome. Um, just entertaining. So happy, uh, happy for you, man. We're all. I happy appreciate for you. it. I'm happy for yep. me too. Yep. <laughs> congrats. Cool. Well, um, could we, uh, Derek? Anything else you want to ask before we go into some hands? No, nah, I think let's uh, let's jump into some hands and. Pick the big dog's brain a little bit here. Obviously, we're going to go over a lot more, or Casey will go over a lot more hands in uh, in his upcoming video series. But it would be we would be remiss if we didn't cover a few on the podcast. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. I'll I'll, I'll do the first one here. Um, it is from let's see. There's a hand from the 1K that we talked about um, that I thought was interesting. Um, and this is a heads up hand, and it it's not just. Um, wait, actually, was that the hand we wanted? To, yeah, that's the one. That's the one we want to talk about, right? Yeah. Um, the thing was, yeah. they asked me about this hand on the 2 Plus 2 podcast, and it, it took me surprised because right away I thought I remembered the hand. Right. We were t- like on the 2 Plus 2 podcast, we were talking about the Sunday Million. I'm like, wait a minute, I was heads up in that hand. I'm like, yeah. well, maybe I wasn't. I don't know. I remember the hand being heads up from the Super Tuesday when I actually won it. And I'm like, I think that was the last hand of the tournament. Yeah. And- this, yeah. Yeah, this was interesting to me to talk about because, you know, I think people were surprised that you played this hand, but I mean, if you know anything about heads up, you know, the positional advantage is huge. Um, if you have an edge on the, on the player, it's huge, and the ranges are so wide that you could play a lot more hands. Now, um, I'll, I'll walk through the hand, and you can give us your thought process, but um, yeah, I think there was a lot, people were talking about it as if you played it nine-handed under the gun, or something. You right, know? <laughs> yeah, there was like a yeah. thing about, oh, Big Dog called a four-bet out of position with 5-3 off. Right. But you're and I'm like, I was heads up. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, good luck getting me to fold any hand with eighty big blinds. Heads up. Good luck. Right. You know what? Let's <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about that actually because you know you get heads up a lot more than most most players do. Um, and and so what what's going through your mind when you get heads up? Not specifically just in this tournament, but just in in general. You know, it looks like you're st- you, you definitely have a stack advantage, but you guys are still seventy deep. You know, what's what's your thought process? Are you gonna you know? play slow, not play slow, but, you know, play conservatively um, when you're this deep, like, what, what just, give, give us your mindset, I guess, is, is what I'm asking. Well, given the fact that this was the very last hand of the tournament, because the tournament ends on this hand, um, I had played heads up with him, you know, for quite a few hands, maybe 30 or 40 hands already, um, right. the guy was not really great heads up, Right. Um, and I could tell he was getting confused, and even, like, when I did the hand history review with Dipthong, He's like, wow, this guy just has no idea what you're doing in any hand. And yeah. I could tell that the guy was getting kind of confused. And, you know, he he was, like, just doing really weird stuff. And he ended, I ended up three-betting him with 5-3. And, right. um, you know, because I'm three-betting, like, I'm just doing all this crazy stuff because the guy is just gifting me chips. A couple, a couple times I really brought him down in chips, and then he doubled up. And then I really brought him down in chips, and he doubled up. So I was having my way with him. Yeah. So I five bet the five three and he four bet me. 
Yeah, let me give the stack sizes just so just okay. people know what they are. So so you guys are at six thousand, twelve thousand. Um, that's the blind levels. He has seven hundred and seventy-two thousand, and you have a hundred one point six million. So yeah. you're at least sixty-five big blinds deep. I, I don't know the exact math, but you're 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 super deep, um, especially for heads up. Right. Uh, and so the um, he you're in the big blind. Um, which means you're on, actually on the button in Heads Up. That's one thing people, you know, if you don't play Heads Up a lot, <laughs> once you get Heads Up, you're, if you're the big blind, you're also the button. changes things a little bit. Um, and he, you have 5-3 off. He opens from 12K to 24K. Right. And so you, you three bet him to 61. So it's a pretty big three bet. So, uh, you know, um, I mean, that's pretty normal size, I guess. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't change it for, for hand value. Um, and then he four bets you to 109. Right. So what are you thinking there? Well, I just made it 61, and it was like 47 for me to call. Right, right. So you're getting pretty And I good. have a suited hand, and, I, and I, what I feel is an edge against this guy. And it, it, like, Just in case you be clear, it's not suited. Uh, just, to, just so you, you know, you look at the hand. It's, uh, it's, it's oh, five. Sorry, yeah, I have yeah. a connected hand, not suited. Connected hand, right. But right. it's a connected hand. And, like, I, I'm, all, I'm all, like, a lot of times I'll flat hands, and yeah. I said this on the 2 Plus 2 podcast, and I said it in a couple other places, Sometimes I flat hands out of position where my opponent will then range me on a certain hand because yeah. he knows that I'm not flatting with garbage. And when I am flatting with garbage and I have yeah. to connect, they have no idea what's going on. Right, right. So, yeah. I, like, I'm just hella deep here, and I just three bet to 61-2, and the guy, you know, essentially clicks it back on me right. to the point where I only have to call 47K. I'm like, yeah, I'm so deep here, I call. Right, right. Like, uh, maybe, like, you can definitely find heads-up people that will say, yeah, this isn't optimal. But, I mean, given the game flow against this guy and the table dynamics and the fact I was, fact I was deep and I felt like I could win every single pot if I wanted against the guy, I, I, there's no way I'm folding his hand. Well, especially yeah. for, for 48K, if you flop the right way, you could stack this guy and end the whole tournament for, right. for very minimal investment. Because, like you said, your hand is so disguised that, you know, 2 four, six, and he's got a pair of eights. <laughs> you're not gonna. You're probably gonna get everything, you know, at, at that point. So, so I, I think you know. I see what you're saying about that. Um, and so I think there was a lot of question around around that. But then I, I think the rest of the hand is pretty interesting too. Um, so what happens is the flop comes uh, eight five ten rainbow. So right. you flop middle pair um, with obviously you know bottom pair. Bottom pair. Sorry. Yeah. yeah right. Bottom pair with with uh, with weak kicker. Um, but still, you you hit a piece of that board. Um, right. And so you you check, um, and which I think is probably standard there. Yeah, and he, he, he four bet yeah. me pre, so I'm just right. I'm not going to lead here and have him blasting into me. Right, of course. And so, um, yeah. and what are you doing if he does, you know, make a big bet? I mean, you know, you expect him to see bet here, so you're probably you're probably going to call the street, right? If he if he see bets, absolutely no way. I'm calling a four bet, and if he see bets, when I got yeah. a piece of the board, I'm just going to fold. No chance. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Yep. So, so yeah, I, if he bets, I'm definitely calling. So, uh, but he, he checks behind. So then, um, so so what are you thinking here when he checks? What what's going on? Why wouldn't he see bet here? What, what do you think? Right away, when when he checks behind, I'm thinking, okay, there's one of two possibilities. One, he hit the board and he right. has some showdown value, like maybe an AC. So now he's right. trying to control the pot a little bit because he has some showdown value. Or two, he has something like ace king and ace queen. He just has no idea how to play poker. Right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the check is really weird after yeah. floor betting. Right. Yet he's heads up in the 1K. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, this is Im immediately what I'm thinking. Right, right. Okay. Um, 
so he yeah, so he does check there, and then the turn is the three of spades um, putting uh, another spade on board, another spade on board. You know, two spades now, um, but giving you the two pair, um, and right. like we said, super well hidden. Um, and so you lead out here. I, I don't know what the pot is here. But I guess it's around. Uh, let's see. 109 and 109. It's probably, it's probably about 240 ish. Yeah, that's about right. Um, and you lead out 144. Right. And so why that size? What, what's what do you, what's your thinking there? I feel like he has showdown value, and I feel like I have the best hand. So I want to try and build a pot because um, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do on the river at this point. But I want some value in the pot so that you know if it's a river that doesn't counterfeit my hand, or you know it's not an ace. So if he does have ace eight. Um, I can go for even more value on the right. river. Right, because if he has ace eight, he's he's just as likely to call this size bet, especially since you know he's not he can't really put you on anything here yet. Um, he'll call one forty four just as easily as he would call eighty. So you might as well build the pot here. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, one forty four, and he calls. So w- when he calls, are you just thinking to continue to think that he's got some showdown value here that he wants to to get to the the river um, and see you know. See what you have. Yeah, at this point, I, I have him off an ace, like yeah. ace king or ace queen or something like that, right. because it doesn't really make sense. You know, if he has something like that and he thinks his hand's good, um, I guess he could call another street because I mean the three seems pretty harmless. But I, I mean, it was four bet pre, so yeah, I have him on some sort of hand with showdown value. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, and so then the river, then the river's th- another three. <laughs> Yeah, so it gives so, me a full house. Gives you a full house. Um, so now you just got to think about how to get most 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 of the money here, right? Yeah, um, like um, I think there, at this point there's like 550k in the middle, somewhere yeah. around that mark. Yeah, yeah, that sounds and, about right. And I'm like, okay, I thought about this for a few seconds. I'm like, okay, let's assume he has ace eight or ace ten, or maybe since he's three bet pre, maybe he has a hand like nines, or even better for me, jacks. Right. You know, mm-hmm. something like that. Maybe I'll just make it look bluffy like I had Jack yeah. Ryan and rip my whole stack. Right, right. I love it. So yep. I piled my stack, and he called before I even clicked all in. He just, like, absolutely broke his arm off calling me. So he, he just, yeah. So he just thinks you're full of shit <laughs> with whatever he has. And and so he, he actually has A7 for just ace high. So he's putting you on just complete air, Jack, Jack Queen, Jack 10. Jack, no- queen, like, Jack nine. I'm not exactly yeah. sure what he could put me on when I flat right. a four bet. Right. And then miss this board, and his ace is better than mine. Like, what if I have ace right. jack or right. ace nine? Right. Yeah, I'm not really sure because it was a pot over. Like, a, he still has 500k to call on. Yeah, it's huge. He still has so many chips left. Right. Yeah, the big line is like I think the big line is what 12k, oh, right? 12k, right? So he puts in. Yeah, he, he still has 50 big lines. Yeah, he's got 40, 48 bigs or whatever the case may be, and he just like. Snap calls me. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's the big dog rep right there. Yeah. You, you got paid on your rep, basically, right there. But you can see right at the end of this hand history, it says uh, big dog wins the tournament $78,514.94. Congratulations. Nice call. Later. Later. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Casey. Yeah. So I, I thought that was an interesting hand, um, especially since people were talking about it and not quite understanding the, the heads up dynamic. I, I, I think – I think if you don't play, I guess sit and go players and, and heads up players, you know, will feel this, um, will get get a, get into a groove with heads up, um, 
and if you play smaller fields, you get into a groove with heads up. But when you're not, when you're playing large, huge tournaments and you don't play a lot of heads up, you know, it is kind of difficult at first. And maybe he just, you know, maybe that that's part of the problem. And why I would say that, you know, just you calling right there, just fine. Because if you have an edge, a heads up edge is so huge unless you have some experience playing heads up. It just right. takes a while to get used to it and, and get in the flow. And I can, I can certainly say that the more you do it, the the easier it gets and the, the, the better you can play at it. But, yeah, interesting. I may not even, like, call that against just anyone either. It's right. just like, you know, the way it was going against this guy, it just felt like the right thing to do. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be debating. That's for sure. Um, but, you know, he showed why uh, – it's pro- could be profitable right. <laughs> when you when you run out of a, a, a boat and you get paid on it. I guess a seven. So cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was an interesting hand. So I think um, so that that concluded your one k. And let's move on to the uh, the million. All right. Yeah. So this hand is. Do you, do you remember if this is from the first or the second million? This is from the second Sunday million. Cool. All right. So blinds. Blinds are at five thousand, ten thousand. Yeah. And you have the pocket fours. I do. I have how, little dog pocket fours. How deep are you in this at this at this point, Casey? Is this is this like final two, three tables? Or oh where no, are you? no, no. This is uh, probably I don't know. I want to say about a hundred and fifty, a hundred. Oh, okay. okay, cool. So, but I mean, yeah. these these are the key pots that you need to pick up, right? Um, to continue to accumulate chips and put pressure on people, you know. Yeah, because this uh, you have 400k, but that's a lot, right? Compared to the rest of the people at the table, there is actually a guy amazingly with more than that, but <clears throat> everybody else is, you know, half that. So right. Um, yeah, so it looks like you're in middleish position, and you min raise with the fours, which I think everybody is yep. pretty standard. Yep, to twenty thousand, and then uh, the villain in the hand raises ten thousand, so literally clicks it back, I guess, to yeah. thirty thousand. Yeah. Um, never folding the fours there, right? When you get clicked back on you like that. I mean, I'll be honest. I wasn't thrilled with his stack size because I think he only had 28 big blinds to start the hand. But we're in the Sunday million. Antes are huge, and you clicked it back on me. Like, never folding. Never. You know? And is this this one of those spots where, like, you were talking about where you have – and the ability to put so much pressure on these guys because they just do not want to bust the Sunday million when they're getting this close to the money. or Well, they're in the money, but this close to big money. Well, I'm, you know, yeah, yes and no, but when he clicks it back on me, immediately a red flag comes up, and it's to me it's like massive premium or misclick. Right. right. You know, because like what he did right there, when I make it 20000 he clicks it to 30000 almost never happens. Right, yeah, it's weird. Right. It's just weird. I don't. Uh, it's a good hand too because I don't. I don't really know how to react in this situation. I'm like, and I think that that is actually confusing to people. It's like, what what, what does this mean here? He took control of the hand, but you know, does he have a monster? Does he have junk? And you're never feel really confident in your read along the way. That's how I feel when that happens to me. Yeah, I definitely had my cautious hat on when I called right. the 10K. Like. Uh, I wasn't prepared to stack off, depending on how much pressure he put on me. But I definitely wasn't prepared to fold for 10K either. Right. right. Yeah, right. I kind of like I, I kind of like your analysis. I'm going to remember that. Uh really strong monster or yeah. misclick. Yeah. <laughs> True. It pro- yeah, probably sums it up. Um all right, so you obviously call the 10,000 and we go to the flop, which is uh deuce 9 queen That's with two deuce, diamonds. Deuce jack queen. Oh, sorry. 
That's my dyslexia kicking in. Yeah, you know, Dys- a jack and a nine can look somewhat similar. <laughs> <laughs> it was the it was the D behind the jack that made me see a nine because <laughs> they turn upside down in my brain. Uh, yes, Deuce Jack Queen with two diamonds, right. and uh, obviously you checked because he had he had three, but you pre, you're obviously just going to kind of yeah, I'm I'm going to check and see what it. he does. So, yeah, so kind of like in the last hand, it's weird. Like, he three bets, and then he checks behind this flop, which seems like a pretty good flop to be C-betting to but, me. But in this one, Casey, are you just more likely to give up, though, given the stack sizes and, and the, the it's not a, it's not a five-bet pot or whatever happened in that last hand? I mean, um, depending on his size. If he makes it, like, 20K a year, I'm probably going to float one again because right, he okay. still has 20 big blinds left. But if right. it looks like he's just setting it up with right. the sizing to pile on me, then, yeah, I'm probably just going to give up here. Um, I may float one depending on his sizing. Okay, yeah, that's that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, the size and sizing is, I think, um, we you know, I think it's worth talking about sometimes because you could pick up some reads, and and if you're really good, you can you can you could trick people with sizing, you know, kind of give false tells, but you could definitely tell some stuff from sizing tells, right? Right. Yeah. So okay, cool. Um. So yeah. So like I said, it's surpri- somewhat surprisingly, he checks behind. Uh, turn is another jack. This time, uh, the jack of clubs. So now there's two diamonds. And two clubs out there. Right, queen, jack, uh, jack, deuce. Yeah, and so you decide to lead out on the turn. What's what's the thing with leading out here? Is it sort of a, a probe bet, as I remember reading in some book ten years ago? Well, I mean, in my mind, it's quite. It, there's obviously a possibility he has ace king. So if he has ace right. king, maybe I can bet here and take this down. So uh, also, you know, chances are if I was ahead on the the flop, I'm still ahead on the turn, and he he didn't bet the flop, so. Maybe I'll just try and take control of this pot. So I bet 30K. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, and then he calls. So when he, you know, when he calls, now are you thinking some sort of like middle pair that he didn't really want to bet on the flop because That's there's two exactly overtimes? That's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe he has something like, you know, 10s, 9s, 8s, something like that. Right. Um, because he feels like, you know, he, his hand may be good. But he still, in my mind, could have ace-king, and he's just, you know, looking for Broadway or whatever the case may be. Yeah, right. Okay, so um, we go to the river. Uh, the river is the three of hearts, so now the final board is deuce-jack, queen-jack, three, with two diamonds, two clubs. The the three of hearts did not complete either of the flush draws. And uh, and you break out the, the patented river min bet. Yeah, I bet 10K. <laughs> <laughs> I love this move so much. So why don't you talk about why you why you bet 10k on the river when the pot is what it is with 60, 70, like over 100k I think. Well, let me be, let me first say that the river min bet I invented that. If anybody <laughs> yes. says that they invented it, they're just flat out relying. I invented <laughs> it at the end of 2011. Um, it's just a bet that really confuses people, and yeah. you really don't often get raised on it. And it's a bet that if people are going to bet for value on the end, you just save yourself a little bit of money if you're going to call the value bet. You know right. I mean? if they're going to bet. Yeah. They're going to bet for value. They're just going to. They're just, just going to call. Bet. Like so, if this guy feels like he has the best hand, he's going to bet 65k on the river. Instead, I bet 10k, so I only have to pay 10. Right. Right. Yep, that makes sense. So I I did do the patented you know flick 10k <laughs> into the middle. <laughs> and uh, and then he wakes up finally, and he makes it 50K. Right. Which seems really weird. <laughs> right. Well, when he made it 50K, immediately I'm like, 
Okay. He the, the things I can eliminate in my mind are eights, nines, tens. Because he's not playing the whole board so conservatively because he has, thinks he has showdown value and then decides to go for the thinnest value in the history of value on the river. Right. So those, those hands just immediately get eliminated. So now I'm thinking, okay, this guy has queen-queen, jack-jack, 3-3, three, three, or a bluff. Right, right. You know, in 3-3, in three, three, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me either. Neither does 2-2. Right. Two, two. So uh, in my mind, it's it's jack-jack, queen-queen, or a bluff. Right, yeah, yeah. Because he was, like, keeping me in to build a pot a little bit for a river raise like this. Or he's like, oh, I have shit. I need to raise to win. Right. Right. And And he's definitely not doing this with eights or nines or whatever. He's just calling the 10K and taking the bot down. Right. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a monster or air, and he's definitely more air in his range. There's just many more hands of air that he could have the way he played it. Right. So even if he has even if he has aces, like the board's pretty wet with two flush draws and a jack queen, for him to suddenly be raising the river instead of raising like the flop or the turn or whatever the case may be. So like I've I've literally narrowed his hand down to jacks, queens, or, or a bluff. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, because if he, if he has aces and he doesn't raise the turn, then he's certainly not going to raise the river with aces. Right. Right. Like it makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yep. So cool. I called the 40K. Yeah, so you call the 40K, uh, he shows the 9 of hearts, and your fours are good. And now, in hindsight, do you think it was a misclick? Because, wh- like, why ever do that with the 9 of hearts? Yeah, again, it, it very well could have been a misclick. Um, but if you are going to min- misclick and you're going to, you know, try and win the pot on the river, this guy should just try and win the pot on, uh, with a standard C-bet, and he probably would have. Right, right. Yeah. But these are the key pots that you play in the Sunday Million. You know, it's a quarter million chip pot, which is 25 big blinds, added onto my stack. Just gives me so much more room to play with. Yeah. Yeah. When, you know, once again, it's not a flip. You didn't win a, you know, get lucky or win a flip there, but it was a, it was a crucial hand that you won. Absolutely. That was able to help you propel you. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Well, we'll see, uh, we'll see that one in a future video series. Yeah. That'll be... Yeah. Kind of, kind of fun to see that and all the rest of them. Yeah, and we know how the rest of this uh, story ends, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it ends with the big chop for the big dog. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Cool. Cool. Well, I got, uh, and then, yeah. yeah, you had one you wanted to go I over, too. I just got too, one, quick, one quick check. Um, this is something that came up the other day. Um, I'm curious as to – before I even give you the hand, Casey, what, what are your thoughts um, – in terms of just hold on a second, I gotta start the stopwatch because I charge four hundred an hour for coaching. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Shit. All right. Oh, do you take lock transfers? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got, bud. Um, yes, I do. <laughs> what do you? What are your thoughts in terms of like sort of ICM at a final table? Um, you know, a relatively big one um, for me. It's, it, this was a, a high roller on lock. Um, which, for those of you who don't know anything about Lock, it's a nightly 215 tournament, um, $215 tournament. Um, you know, it's, it doesn't get thousands of people. It's not a, it's not a Sunday million, but, um, you know, it's got 5K usually up top for first. It's, I think it's a 15 or 25K guarantee, depending on the night. Um, and so for, you know, a, a site, an American-based site, it's, it's a pretty big, um, pretty big tournament. And the, the hand that comes up is interesting to me because I'm um, – there's six players left. It's, it's paid seven, so we're in the money. 
Um, but we're still at the, you know, at the low end of the money, right? Um, and when the real money is up top. I think, like I said, first place is 5K and second place, I'm sorry, and like sixth, whatever, sixth right now is 825. And then um, fifth is like 1125. So the pay jumps at this point aren't that huge. But um, the, the thing that makes this hand interesting to me is that the very hand before, um, there was a, there was a, a two people got it in. Um, both were pretty evenly stacked at around, I guess, uh, 12 or 13 big blinds each, close to each other. And one guy lost and is left with, uh, we're at 1250-2500, and one guy has 4K. So he has less than two big blinds left. Um, right. And so I get a pair of threes, and I'm second to act. Um, I'll give you the chip stack. So under the gun has 83K. I have 31K, right, at, at 2,500 blind. Um, guy to my left has 137K. Um, the short stack on the button has 4K. And then the blinds have 100K and 103K. So I'm pretty securely in uh, fifth place out of six. But the sixth place guy has only 4K. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a pair of threes second to act. Are, are you... So there's not too much here other than a preflop decision. Are you going to just get it in here and, you know, the $300 be damned? And, and, and in retrospect, $300 is not a lot, so, you know, maybe you should get it in here. But, I mean, if the, the pay jumps are bigger, do you care more? Like, what, do you, what are you thinking here? Are you just going to wait for this guy to, to bust, or are you going to just rip it and, and um, take the chance? I'll min-raise fold. Psych! No, I'm going <laughs> to rip this every single time. I always play to win. Yeah. Um, you're six-handed. You, you're about to hit the big line. Um, I don't know exactly when the big line's going up, but, you know, you only got, what, 12, 13 big lines or something? Yeah, it's like 13 big lines. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just going to pile it in here, and if somebody wakes up with a hand and, and beats me, then $300 be damned. But I'm playing to win, so pile. What about, at the, what about at the, the, the Sunday Million? Right, you have the same philosophy, 6th, 7th, you're just going to pile here? Regardless. Yeah, I mean, when I'm at the, I'm like hoping people get it out, go out when they get it in, but I'm not looking at like, ooh, I would take this spot, but this guy is short, he's going to go out before me. Never. Yeah. Never, never do I yeah. do that. Yeah, and I will tell you that I'm, I'm ready for my, my berating. Um, I, 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 I'm happy to accept that I did fold. Um, oh my God. Yeah, I know, and I regretted <laughs> it, obviously. Um, How long but... have you guys been watching videos on this site? <laughs> well, you know, it's just that. I'm not thrilled to get it in because if I do get called, I'm. No, like, I know it's that time of year, and you know you're spawning, swimming upstream. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you got to give me credit for bringing a hand to the the, po- the podcast and and, and getting berated. Um, I'm truly, you know, I really did have. A, I, I I thought this was a, an interesting. Oh, you're a spot. bankroll knit, and you were trying to move up three hundred dollars. That's what kills me at the end because I really don't care about three hundred dollars. The bankroll. Well, you apparently do. No, I know it was more about. No, you do. I'll, I'll tell you exactly, oh. what, Casey. I didn't want to. I didn't want to flip or be way behind right there, which I think I'm going to get called a lot. Um, I didn't want to flip or be way behind there. I'd rather, you know, maybe go through the blinds one more time and then get it in, rather than just take a chance with the pair of threes. I mean, okay, if it's like seventh or eights, I'm ju- I'm jammed without a doubt. <laughs> okay, Salmon, no problem. All right, end the podcast here. <laughs> that, makes, that makes very. That makes a lot of sense, uh, Lake Trout. <laughs> um, yeah, I have uh, you know thirteen big blinds, and uh, I don't want to flip. No, I, I don't. I can I wait for aces. I can wait. I'll probably get no. aces with ten big. No, blinds. No, that's not it. It's not flipping. That's the problem. <laughs> if you actually told me a flip, 
Listen, who are you? You think you won two big two million millions and you're good now? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not flipping is fine. If you told me I'm going up against King Jack, I would actually take it. I, I, I just worry that when I do get called, I'm flipping sometimes and dominated sometimes. But I, I know that sounds awful. And hey, I KB, mix up some of that beer batter. We got some fish fat. <laughs> This is why I don't bring hands. Yeah, really, hands. KB, you really Later. have to start bringing some hands. <laughs> no, it's a, I learned my I learned my lesson years ago. It's a pile. You got a pile yeah. there. Yeah. All right. Well, I figured as much. I wanted to just check with you and, and take my lashing so that I don't ever make the mistake again. Because honestly, I find that when I bring the hands to you guys and I do make a, a what I think is a pretty major mistake, uh, I learn from it. So fine. Now you can leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, everybody makes mistakes in every tournament. Like I said, I just reviewed a, um, the 1K, and I played 8-9 really bad at the beginning of a tournament and cost right. me a, a bunch of chips. So, like, I mean, it, it's just part of the game. But it's yeah. good that you recognize and, you know, are willing not to do that again. Yeah. Yeah, I really regret it. Because when I looked at it, I said, fuck, for 300 bucks, I, I, I really, you know. Did you, did you get fifth and the other guy got sixth? No, he he doubled up four times in a row, and I ended up going out sixth. <laughs> oh, he is fishy, fishy, fishy. <laughs> he literally doubled. He went from 4K to 8K to 16K to 32K and then busted me. He probably would have called when you shoved threes, and then he would have been out. Right. Uh, yeah. Look at look at the bright side, though. Casey doesn't really hold on to these things long, so he won't be making fun of you for a long time. <laughs> He'll forget all about it by tomorrow. No, I don't care. Like Casey said, I, I, you know, you're going to make mistakes, and... and the bet, like, if you're not willing to to bring them to people and talk about them and 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 know for certain that you're wrong, you're going to keep making the same mistakes over and over again. I so, mean, I'm with it. It's okay, big fishy Diego threes. <laughs> <laughs> and then no, we're no. Out of, running out of time here with five. So thank you for joining the tournament. <laughs> cool. Well, I guess yeah, we should probably. Even though I'm enjoying this a great deal, we should probably wrap up the uh, the strategy segment. But congrats again, Casey. Uh, obviously a sick, sick accomplishment. And uh, I'll see you on Sunday for another session. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. Nice. Uh, cool. So uh, thanks again to Casey for stopping in. And uh, we'll take a quick break. Diego and I will come back and wrap this thing up on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. <laughs> If you are looking for the best MTG training site on the planet, look no further than TournamentPokerEdge.com. Tournament Poker Edge focuses exclusively on multi-table tournaments and features some of the best live and online pros. No waiting through cash game videos looking for the occasional tournament video. Tournament Poker Edge also offers strategy articles, forums, a member chat room, and much more. So visit TournamentPokerEdge.com and start taking your game to the next level now. Welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Thanks to Big Dog Pocket 5 for stopping in. He's done a few of these things in the last couple of weeks, so it was nice of him to take some time out to do ours, especially since he does ours quite often. Yeah, so. I know. You know, I think, uh, I think the ones he does, he gets, uh, you know, he gets a lot of, 
you know, general questions and not as strategy focused as, as this would be. So I think uh, it's still fun to get him on and hear him talk about the actual, you know, poker behind the uh, the success as opposed to what was it like to, to, to win? What were you feeling? Which, of course, we asked them those things, too. But, uh, right. but it was cool to, to hear him talk a little bit about the poker behind the, the wins. Yeah, it, it was especially I thought cool to go over that three five hand because it was it was brought up on the two plus two podcast and I, I don't I don't think when it was brought up he even completely remembered the situation or the hand so it, it was kind of nice to go into some detail on that because now looking at it especially how deep he was I mean it, the villain I think was eighty big blinds deep but he was like one hundred and sixty yeah. big blinds deep obviously it's effective stacks that yeah the most, but, but he's got some chips to to play with especially when he thinks he can outplay somebody that easily look I mean you can rationalize I mean like. One thing about poker is you can rationalize anything afterwards in any way you right. want, um, but he—that's the style he plays. And the, there's going to definitely be a bunch of people who are like, "That's that's burning money," um, you know. Although, given what he said about you know being in position and having the the, the chip, the deepness to to play it, um, you're going to get people who look at it at a purely mathematical basis and say he's burning money. I'm sure of, of it. I'm sure people are going to say we're, we're wrong for you know giving him a pass and you know saying it was it's fine and it's easy, um, but that's the style of poker he plays. He when he has a deep stack, he likes to play a lot of pots. He likes to see pots in position. He likes to p- play post flop and he likes to take advantage of what he perceives as weaker players. And that he's good at that. And so an expert at numbers can't cannot quantify that and the value of, yeah. of, of that. You just you just can't. It's not a quantifiable thing. It's it's not it, it's not an EV thing. It's it's I can't. I don't know how to describe it. And of course, EV matters and the math matters. But there is something to um, position pit poker and position and 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 playing poker against weaker players. That is, I don't know if you can quantify that yet. It's something out there about it. I mean, there's something to it. I don't know how to quantify it, but I do think that it's valid for him to to do that. Not necessarily everyone. I'm not saying that you or I should be playing that. Um, I don't know if we can extract as much value when we hit as he can. But I do think that there's something to it. Whether or not it's – if there's a scale to measure the value of playing in position right. against bigger players, whether that hand and that situation warrants it, I can't tell. But I do think that that hand speaks to a lot of the criticism that he gets in general in that he's not a mathematical player um, he is more of a, a field player. He talked about it himself. He just feels like he knows what's going on at the table. He can predict what people have, um, and he's you know he's got a he's got a, a talent for it. And, and that you know he gets that he gets hit for that all the time. And I don't think it's surprising. And I don't think he cares. No, nope. yeah, I don't think so either. He cares. I think he's counting his money and he's happy. I think uh, the one thing he enjoys maybe more than winning everybody's money is outplaying people. Yeah. Like, he takes such great pride in it, and I would too if I was as good at well, it. Well, you know, him. there was one thing that, that – there was one comment on 2 plus 2 in, in the thread about him. Uh, even before he won the Sunday Million the second time, um, someone made a thread on 2 plus 2 when he won the 1K and the Million. And I thought this was really insightful. Um, it, I don't remember the exact words or quotes, but the gist of it was that Casey just continues to exploit players uh, post Black Friday um, who play too fast um, and don't know how to play post flop, and this is right. this the, these results are an example of that. His style is great against people who just don't know how to slow down, who you know aren't thinking post flop as much, and he does you know 
you'll see him in his hand histories. He, you know, at first when I started watching him, I was like, he's floating here? Like, you know, like, he's, right. he floats a ton, you know? Floats yeah. a flop a ton. He floats a turn a ton. And then, he, you know, you see people give up. I, I think, you know, I got beat up by him just now on a hand that was a pre-flop decision. And so we didn't get into my game too much. But I definitely see uh, rivers and, uh, sorry, flops and, uh, I float flops and turns way more than I used to after watching his videos because, you people, you know, do give up, or you know, if you have a semi-decent draw, you can, you know, or or the right cards come, you can take it away, and he just exploits that to the maximum. That's the one thing I've learned about him the most. Um, so I think that you know that you, that was a really interesting point that was made in two plus two is that his style um, is really great against you know sort of automated you know regs who just right. keep going, um, who don't think as much post flop as as maybe he does. So yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I wish I would have asked him, um, and maybe I will off the podcast, but th- there's a ton of great MTT players, obviously, out there, and a ton of great online MTT players, but there are very few who have been doing it as long as he has, yeah. as, as consistently. It's true. It's When you think about but it. I, mean, I think that speaks to why you see him come back from a, a six-month absence and start crushing again. Right. Well, I can see he called himself an idiot savant, but it's not really that. It's just that there's an innate poker talent there that's not dependent on studying charts, um, that's not dependent on what the latest you know trends in two plus two are and following them. Um, he has a talent for reading people. He's a talent for for understanding the dy- dynamics of the game at that time. What he can do, um, you know. So I I think I think that that speaks to you know exactly that point that you're you're making there. You know, yeah. he, he's been doing it for a long time because of that, uh, because he has that, that talent. He's not reliant on, on the latest, you know, mastering the latest trend. I think one of the things that I saw in myself was, you know, I, I had a lot of success pre-Black Friday um, online. Uh, you know, not as much in 2011, the beginning of 2011, because we were really focused on the site and I wasn't playing as much. But in 2008, 9, and 10, I, I had really... I did really well online. I made I made a decent amount of money and I had really great stats. And I think I saw in 2000, you know, second half of 2010, sorry, second half of 2000, uh, the second, the end of 2010 and early 2011, um, and then totally after Black Friday, um, I felt like, you know, I, I, I didn't feel like I was playing worse, but my stats weren't as good. And then I, I looked at my game, and I was definitely playing worse because I fell behind the curve because I was kind of right. just emulating what what people were doing, um, what yeah. the teachings were on two plus two. And you know, when you do that and you don't keep up, like if you have an information advantage of what everyone's doing, and you're one of the one of the early innovate early adopters of that style, you can make a lot of money of, of a profitable style. But if you're a late adopter to one of those styles, or you're stuck in the last style. You're getting right. up, and that's that's what Casey never gets caught up in that because he's not he's not looking at you know what yeah. today and, and following that, and, and I feel like that's uh, that's one of the things I've done to improve my game is is really you know stop just following what everyone else is doing and, and think more while I'm playing. Uh, yeah, it's a good point. I've seen it, I've seen it for sure. You know, improve my results. Um, I know you've we, you know I've talked to you about a lot of hands, and, and you're a way more thinking player than you were before. Um, you know, we used to give you crap about being nitty. Um, right, <laughs> and it's not that you're nitty. You're just, you know, you, you know we, we used to give you crap about being nitty, and, and it wasn't that super nitty. But um, I think you're just a way more thinking player now than you you were before too. And uh, and we're we're analyzing situations, understanding the game flow dynamics, and we know the math pretty stone cold at this point. So it's not a mad thing, but it's not about shove charts and 
and all those things. Right. Yeah, it's definitely changed for me. I also wonder if Casey is so good at game flow and dynamics because he's never used a HUD. That's got to help some. I mean, I think he has a natural ability too. Right. But to to work that part of your brain so frequently because you're just not at all relying on HUDs is got to help. My problem is that I I I I I get distracted too easily without a like. That's why I like a HUD because I get distracted, but then I rely on those numbers too much. Like I wish I. I wish I had more focus at the table. I'm always working on that, and I'm definitely better. But you know, even when I'm two or three tabling, I find myself kind of like zoning out and not watching every hand in depth. And I feel like when I do, I, I play so much better. But I guess, yeah. I guess he has the ability to not do that because he'll remember dynamics and hand stuff you know, that I tend to forget. Cause, yeah, cause th- there will be times where he'll say something like, oh, yeah, that guy, that guy's three bet me like four orbits ago too. And I'm like, how do you remember that exactly when you're playing 18 tables? <laughs> it's important. Something I always feel like I could work on better, and, and paying less tables definitely helps, but still not you know, where I want to be with that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh, something else to work on. Yep. Well, you know what? I, I got, we laugh. I got beat up by him at the end there, and I knew it was coming. We talked about it in the, in the first segment. Um, but I'm okay with uh, – you know, I want to get the honest assessment. If, uh, who knows? He could have said that, that it's, it's okay to fold there. I didn't think so, but either I'm going to get – you know, I'm going to get the right answer, and right. if it's going to be in a not so subtle way <laughs> from now on, and, and I knew it was wrong anyway, so I'm okay with with, with it. I, I knew it was uh, bad, but as Casey said, everyone makes mistakes when you play tournaments. Like even when you watch the pros, they'll make a mistake here or there. It's it's impossible to play perfectly all the time. It's just who makes less mistakes, and hopefully they're not critical mistakes. Yeah, and capitalizing on people's mistakes when they make them. Right. Yes, that's another yeah. thing too. That's that's another thing that that I've learned a lot too is that you could take less thin edges when you're playing against worse players because who are going to make more mistakes than you, and you can capitalize on those. Yeah, that's very very true. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. Well, yeah, it was uh, obviously great to have him on, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll have him on in a couple more weeks talking about another Sunday Million. Absolutely. Yeah, it was uh, it was good, and, and so look for his. Uh, Look for his videos um, on the site. Uh, the the 1K is uh, is coming is coming up. Uh, it should be out in the next couple of days. Um, there's a lot going on. I think the last time we spoke, the last podcast, uh, we had Andrew Brokos and the, uh, the the hold the manager for MTT player series running. Yep. Um, so those concluded um, to great reviews, and uh, and and the, the the videos that are running right now are. Um, Daryl Jace is back for another theory series on three betting and four betting, and uh, and he goes super in depth mathematically on three betting and four betting, um, and and the the value um, and showing you the profitability of three bets and four bets using um, Poker Slice, I think is the tool. It's a it's a it's an EV calculator that allows you to define ranges and and. You know, it has like a slider for your ranges. It's way more advanced than Poker Stove. Um, I, I can't really describe it. I think it's best to just look at the video. Um, but then he, you know, he ranges the other guys and shows, you know, where and how it's most profitable with you in three and four betting. So if you're into the theory stuff and you want to know that stuff, um, I, I think uh, you know, that series is going to be a really good one for you um, to look at. And then um, if you like the live sweats, um, Hurricane Jeff won the uh, Lock 500 a couple of weeks ago and he did a series which is uh, getting really good reviews um, and that's running right now too and then of course Casey's coming um, 
Chris Moon has another series coming that he did with uh, with uh, member, TP member Turbulence on the a big 109 win. Um, uh, Dan, which that should be cool because yeah. Turbulence has been doing really well lately, so it'll be kind of cool to see what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's that Turbulence is doing really well. He's he's got a really great poker mind, so it's fun to you know even he's a member, right? But he's really smart. He can he knows poker inside out, and um, he's uh, he's really good on this series with Chris. So uh, so that's going to be a fun one. Um, and Dan Witcher is back. Um, he's he's just did a series that uh, that'll be out soon. Um, uh, it was a hand history review. Um, I forget which tournament it was. I'm about to. I just got it, so I haven't. I haven't checked it yet. But uh, but he's back. Um, his videos are always well reviewed, um, and so that that should be a a, a really good um, series too. And uh, and then we have um, another math series coming. Uh, this time it's poker math. Um, it's uh, the first three parts are sort of you know. That I wouldn't call them extremely basic. They're they're relatively basic. They're you know pot odds, EV, um, a little more in depth than than you would get from just a normal beginner series. Uh, but the last two are all about ICM, which for tournament players is a, a huge deal. Really need to know yeah. inside out. Um, so those are those are going to be uh, interesting too. And uh, maybe when we get to that point, I'll uh, we'll dial in my uh, my three three hand and see an ICM wise. <laughs> What has to say with it? Maybe the math isn't so wrong. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. That'll be our. That, that'll be when we can finally get our answer. Yeah. So that's uh, that's what's going on at TPE. Uh, anything else I missed at TPE? No, I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like we said, lots of other um, appearances going on out there. Uh, check out the Two Plus Two podcast with Casey. Um, I was also uh, on the Thinking Poker podcast recently, so check that one out. Job on that man. That was fun to listen to. If you want to hear, if you like our podcast. Um, I think the thinking. I think the thing. I think the thinking. <laughs> um, I believe the thinking poker podcast would be definitely up your alley. They don't talk a lot about tournaments, although they do sometimes, depending on the guest and you know what what hands those guys have played. Uh, but it's Andrew Brokus, um, who is one of our our, our pros. Um, he has his own podcast. It's called Thinking Poker. Um, it is. Uh, it's it. It's similar to ours in in the sense that there's a lot of strategy talk and way more strategy talk than you get on the other. Podcast, I think it's a good compliment to ours. Uh, they put it out more frequently than us, so you know, fill uh, fill the space for us too. Um, but you were on there talking about TPE and just how, you know running TPE. And so if you like us, <laughs> if, yeah. I guess if you're sticking around this long <laughs> to the end of this podcast, us, um, but if you like this podcast and you want to hear more about you know, TPE and and running it on a day basis, Derek was on that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the conversation. I was I'm, I'm hoping that not too many people found it. You know, not poker related enough, but I the one thing I love more than playing poker is running TPE. Like, I you know, what I do for my job for TPE is like my favorite thing to do in the day. So, I love talking about it, I'm, I'm a geek about it. So, uh, it was fun to actually, you know, kind of talk shop with, with those guys and uh, and get, get their thoughts and stuff. It was I don't cool. know if I'm biased because, um, I, you know, I just don't know if I'm, I'm biased, uh, because I, uh, I, uh, you know, I'm part of TPE, but I really enjoyed that 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 podcast and your talk. Good. I really enjoyed it. Like, I don't know if it's because I love poker and I love poker media, and um, you know, I think I would love it just for that. I think you did a great job. So, cool. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully everybody else feels the same. I've got nothing but good feedback yeah. so far. Um, the only negative feedback I got was that they wished um, we would have talked more about craft beer, <laughs> which, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll do that on our own podcast someday. Yeah, we got to figure out a live, a live tournament to go to so we can uh, have a TP member meet up. 
Yes, absolutely. Cool. Right on. Well, thanks again to uh, to Casey for stopping in. Um, always appreciated. And thanks to all of you guys out there for listening. And we will see you guys again back here on the TPE podcast. Thanks, guys. Later. Later. She can't read about poker face. She-